Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awaken Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And my good friend Elizabeth Wood is back with us. And today we're talking about how the body is your oracle. So we're going to talk about that and obviously so much more, whatever comes up during our conversation. But specifically, we're going to talk about um, is it possible for us to be happy for no reason? <laughs> and can your body give you all the answers that you need and require? And what are you really looking for when you search within, right? And how to reclaim the temple of light, the DNA. So we're going to talk about all of that and more. We usually do some processes. Uh, we usually take some live caller questions as well. So um, we're going to do all of that. But for those of you who may not know Elizabeth, she's considered an advanced seer. Elizabeth works on the cutting edge of galactic and quantum anthropology, trauma healing, and futurism. With her lifelong ability to see into work with see into and work with all dimensions, her theoretical and psychic work has helped people all over the world. She's called a living library and oracle. Elizabeth has spent her whole life studying anthropo anthropological theory, quantum physics, ancient and modern medicine. She has two science degrees, including a master's in applied anthropology, and her philosophies and practices bridge science and spirituality to support real change in the world. And let's, let's face it, we're going through some massive major changes in the world right now. So Elizabeth, welcome back to the show. Oh, I always love being with you and your beautiful community. I'm so glad to be here today. It's a good time to be together. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. And thank you, uh, Elizabeth, and everybody else for our, your um, support and blessings and love and healing energies and all that wonderful stuff. You know, uh, thank you. Thank you. Keep them coming. And your prayers, just keep them coming. We're not quite out of the woods yet. Um, so I would really appreciate it. <laughs> It's an interesting time. Um, so Elizabeth, you know, we're talking about the body. And so I, you know, how the body is your oracle. And of course, you know, my husband is going through major physical body stuff, body and uh, brain and just everything stuff right now. So, you know, it's like, he can't quite do the work on himself. So I'm doing the work on him, right? the best I can, as well as lots of other people. But right, you know, it's like, well, you know, what, what's coming to the forefront for me right now is like, yeah, our body is our vehicle in this lifetime. Absolutely. And how precious is it? And how important is it for us to have this life and to create this reality that we're living in? You know, it's like without it, we, we can't do anything, right? Yes. And you know, I just want to love your husband right now real quick because he's representing the masculine and the masculine is going through it as deeply as we all are. But a lot of the time, the masculine stuff, the trauma, ego, the density, all of that can really be manifest most in the body for the masculine. So my husband, too, was going through similar stuff where all of his trauma that he's had, mental, emotional, and spiritual, has built up so much in his body, he can't deny it anymore. It's, it's staring him right in the face. And for the feminine too, much of our trauma too is staring us right in the face right now. And that leads us to this whole idea of, well, what is the point? Are we supposed to dig through this muck and that's just it and we just learn from it that seems so horrifically 
dark and sometimes too mundane for it to be miraculous. But it's much, much more than that. Because what your husband's going through is on behalf of all of the masculine. What you're going through as the feminine trying to elevate him and empower him is on behalf of the whole feminine. It's on behalf of all of humanity. So we can do this in sovereign service. We can reclaim that temple of light in sovereign service. It doesn't have to be selfless anymore. So I ask you in this moment, each of you to consider leaving that concept behind. It's not selfless service anymore. That might've got us through the difficulties of the power over paradigm. But if we're going into empowerment paradigm, I mean, this sucks so bad because we're in a paradigm shift. We're in an evolutionary moment in scientific terms, we would call it punctuated equilibrium. That's exactly what's happening. It's all this evolution being squished into a very, very singular moment in time. It took a hundred thousand years for humans to finally evolve in their depth of culture to write. It took a thousand years for them to begin to have the concepts and technology to have global contact. It took a hundred years, this past hundred years, for us to get to the point where we're constantly aware that we have a global family and a galactic family that we are dealing with. It took the past 10 years for us to understand that we're dealing with the deepest dark and the greatest light finally in two giant waves of consciousness reaching a pinnacle point of polarity. It's now taking this one year, 2020, compressing thousands of years of evolution into one year. And now this month, December of 2020, and it's gonna lead up to a moment on the solstice where we have a chance, we have this opportunity, this is the good news. If you're ready, I, I'm ready, I'm ready to be done with my trauma. I'm ready to be done with my ego stuff. I've learned so much from those books of trauma and ego that I've been carrying around in my body, in my DNA for so long. I've learned from them. I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to, to fully embody the learning. And that's why the body is so important because that is what it can do for you. It can do that for you if you decide if you're the soul in charge or not. But there's wonderful, amazing aspects of the mind that are not so sure about that. There's the ego brain, the ego mind that says, hang on a second, I need to be in control of some stuff here. What can I control right now? Can I control my husband's suffering? No, I can't. But holy cow, you know, I gotta do something. Am I good enough at this? Can I do it well enough? Blah, 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 blah. And then you've got the traumatized self who's like, oh my gosh, what if I lose everything? What if I lose everything? I could lose everything. Maybe I've already lost my business. Maybe I've already lost my mind a little bit. <laughs> Maybe 
maybe I don't know where the hell I am in time space or dimensions or what, what's important right now? I'm scared. And these two things, they're showing you right in this moment, what's the most important and it's in our face, it's in our face. So I want to, I'd like to give you a personal example for what's come up with this over the past several days, talking about spinning towards stillness. We're at the bottom of the centrifuge here <laughs> and all the density and all the light is really in your face. It's blinding clarity of what is happening inside of you. You can look outside in the rest of the world and see it too. But what's most important is to go in this, into this body to look at it now. So my friend, she says to me, Elizabeth, I'd like to, we process a lot together. I call it like ninja processing because we'll get together and, and we climb the ladder of consciousness together. And you can do it fast with a good friend, you know, if you're really willing to hear what they have to say. And she called me out. She said, you spiral everything up. You make everything into light. You go into the deepest darkness to go find light. It's been an incredible tool. It got you through your life and your trauma up to this point. But you're missing the importance of dignifying the dark, of dignifying the pain and the agony, of looking at those books you've carried and saying, thank you, and being really willing to embody them. That's the job. And I said, I started to cry and I said, I know where I figured out that process, being the oldest of seven kids, helping all my six younger siblings through really dark times. I helped them by remaining playful, remaining positive. And that got us through, but it also cultivated repression so that they didn't face their darkest stuff. And what are they doing all now? All of them, all six of them, facing their darkest stuff, just like all of us are right now. So I realized, wow, this is something I can let go of, but what's the other side of the polarity? Because I've overcompensated by being really nice and wanting to help everybody and having this very youthful face and being really sweet. And, you know, how could anyone want to be mad at Elizabeth type of energy, avoiding conflict, you name it. Well, the other side of it is this very cold hearted, scientific, calculated, unfeeling part of me that no one knows because I haven't let anybody see it at all. But I need to embody that. I need to embody both of these. I need to allow them into my body. I don't need to hold myself separate from them. If I merge with them, then I learn everything I can from both and then I become the thing that I really am, this aspect of consciousness that we would call source, the still immobile consciousness that makes up this universe. I'm simply a movie, Elizabeth is a movie playing on that beautifully still, bright, immobile consciousness of source. So the body being an oracle, why would I say that? Because I am an oracle, it's my skill set. It's a, it's the highest level of psychic, which means I know how to get all of this out of the way entirely on your behalf 
and be a mirror. But I'm not just any mirror. I am wonder. So I love to read the book of Alara or the book of Ali or Lori or Beth or Pat. I love to read those books. I want to know those books. I want to embody what all of these books around me know. I have that great deep desire to know. And that desire drives me. But it's not going to be the thing in the end that will take me to that stillness. I'm going to have to give up that desire to know too. And the fear that I might not know that I might not be a good enough mirror. And this is a struggle that everyone has because we look outside of ourselves for information. I myself have a teacher. She's wonderful, but she's constantly saying, you think we're separate and we're not. You think we're separate and we're not. And I never could get it truly until now because I'm with her in person more. Now I'm starting to feel this. You can't see it. You can't see it with your third eye. You have to feel it. I can feel that we're not as separate as we were before and a little less separate and a little less separate. As I get pulled closer and closer to that stillness, how do I know that's true? Because my body is showing me. Your mind, your heart, and your gut already have every single thing you need to determine this attribute of you, which is source. And some people appreciate that beautiful word God. I do. I really appreciate that word God. So I sometimes say source God. But I envision it or I perceive it not so much as a human, but more of a pure consciousness that is moving, moving, moving until it doesn't, until it stops moving when there's nothing to see. It's just source itself. It's like a big sheet being held up nice and taut out in the world. There's the universe, a pure single nice white sheet, very oversimplified version of the universe. And here's me and here's maybe my teacher or, or someone who's done a lot of work on themselves, a lot of work making sure they're not separate from anything and noticing in their body when they're holding things separate. That's how you can treat your body as the oracle. Well, here's me and I'm dense as a, as a metal marble. You can't see through me at all. I am dense. <laughs> I am traumatized. And when you put that metal marble out on the sheet, it makes a dent. It makes a dent. That's why people say, I feel like I'm in a dark hole and I can't get out. Because it's seriously no joke. That's exactly how it feels. It's pretty dark down there. And maybe you're lucky and you end up having somebody share some tools with you about how to clear the mind and still the mind, how to clear the emotional body and therefore the DNA and still and, in, and open up and enlighten the DNA, how to work with your gut mind so you can ground with the earth and be a conduit for that incredible electromagnetic power. Maybe you're lucky and you get those tools well, and you start working on yourself. And instead of you getting higher, it's actually that you become less dense. So sealed meets you. And here's the person who's done all this work for 
perhaps decades, maybe at this point now, what I'm really trying to say is that we have a chance to do this really fast and hard and get this through a lot deeper than ever before, a pinnacle of evolution, a punctuated equilibrium, which is available now. Well, they're like a clear glass marble and they're lightweight, like a bubble. And you put them on the field, there's no difference between them and the source field. There's no difference between them and the universe. And inside them, the way they feel, they don't feel any difference either. That's how you know. You already have the truth. Anything around you is simply interesting. If it resonates with you, then you're like, hey, cool. That really resonates. If it doesn't, that's not part of the library that you already have inside of you of all the wisdom of eons that you've absorbed as a conscious soul. And that's okay because all those vantage points, they're still part of source too. It's an ironic part about mysticism to be able to appreciate vantage points that are so utterly and totally different than you. Like my son's father, he doesn't believe in this godlike consciousness that makes all of the universe at all he believes in nihilism in the in this void and he's sometimes afraid of it and sometimes he loves it i have lots of friends who believe the void is the ultimate end and i'm like i love the void the void is amazing if that's the ultimate end what a wonderful place the clear light of existence where there's nothing Wonderful, let's embrace it. Don't be afraid, dive in. You can feel it when you're one with that or holding it separate. So the body shows you exactly what you need. It's wonderful. It leads to this moment, Alara, where you're like, wow, I'm in the moment. I'm not worrying about anything. Have I worried about anything today? No, not today. I haven't worried about anything. That's kind of weird. I'm actually kind of happy. Even though all this stuff is going on around me, I'm really happy right now. Wow. I have had this moment recently. It's new. It's fresh. Where I'm happy for no reason. And I finally understand it because I could feel it finally that I can be happy. That I can actually be full of this joy and love. And it's not woo-woo. And it's not fluffy love and light. I'm dealing with the shadow every moment, but I know what it's all about. I'm willing to, and it leads me to even deeper sense of oneness each time. So that's what I'm seeing right now, but what we're going through, it's so utterly, truly human and so normal and so good. And there's nothing that anyone needs to do except notice what's up for you right the, in the moment. It's there already available to you, everything you need. You don't need to worry about what dimension you're in. You don't need to worry about, you're exactly perfectly where you need to be. I know it sounds like the thing everybody's been saying, but it's so true more than ever in this moment of evolution. You know, a lot of people get it into their heads, all these ideas that I, I should be in the fifth dimension. Oh, I want to be even higher and higher and higher. But the truth is, you know, in this reality that we came to experience, right, this is where we are, right? And, and part of that is being in the body, with the body, co-creating with the body. You know, regardless of the dimensions, 
but it's like in the present moment right now, where are you, right? And it's the, it's the hardest thing to do to be present. Yes, it is. Right? There's like this entire uh, body of work around that about how to bring your energy back into the moment. So when I find myself worrying about the future, as I do, I worry about money. I'm in so much debt. I'm, I, I come from that whole generation where we were purposefully sort of uh, cultivated to be ignorant about money and debt. And that generation where the debt of college began to get amped up more than any other time. And so then, of course, without the rising of wages and then the rising in inflation of expenses, good luck trying to dig yourself out. Well, I worry about that because I was taught to worry about it. So what I do is I find that in that moment, I catch that mental process that's trying to protect me. That's all, it's just trying to help me survive. There's nothing wrong with it. So we can bow to it with gratitude. Thank you. Thank you so much for trying to help me. I'm the soul in charge right now. I have a different plan. My plan is to notice this now and how much it hurts in my body to be in so much debt, to worry about feeding my family. I wanna feel that fully because when I know it in my heart and in my gut, it has less power over me. That pain is exactly what you need to be looking for because that pain is the burning away of the trauma around debt, not just for you, but for your whole lineage, because those are epigenetic memories around poverty and starvation too. So I love it when people point out the worry piece because it's so basic human and it's exactly what you need. It's exactly what you need to know what is in front of you now that needs to burn away. I can easily bring up the pain of debt in my body right now because I had a friend of mine get very angry at me and accuse me of being too frivolous about these sort of things. So I actually was really vulnerable and I laid out my finances. And I said, no, if you actually knew and now you know, I suffer with this. I endlessly suffer with it because I'm the breadwinner in my household. And if I don't, make it happen, it doesn't happen. So I'm terrified, it hurts, it makes my throat hurt, it makes my chest hurt, it makes my heart hurt, it hurts so much. And so we welcome that hurt, I welcome the pain of this fear of poverty, the pain of worrying about this, of worrying about feeding my children, of worrying about starving to death. I welcome this in my whole body and field now. And then you breathe and you can feel it dissolve. It might even move. So it like kind of moves up into my face here. And then it kind of goes through my temples and it makes my arms kind of hot. So you just notice that, I welcome that. Okay, this is okay. This is here for learning. It can't hurt my soul. It can only help me to bring in more light. So now we've burned away a little layer of it. Let's replace it with some light. Dear heart, 
fill my whole body and field with deep gratitude for existence now. And take a deep breath. And I feel that grow inside me. It feels like a plant growing, a flower like popped up and says, yay, dirt makes really good <laughs> soil to grow in. And then I might dig down a little deeper and say, where did that fear come from? Oh, yes, it's from this deep sense of not being good enough. I won't know enough. I won't have enough. I won't be good enough that I can pay off all that debt. I won't be able to move ahead. My children will watch that and learn from me and they'll learn all the bad ways to be in this world. So I find that in that shame deep down in my solar plexus in my heart and we do it again and again find that pain and so right in front of you is every single opportunity to find this pain what the outcome is is astounding it's astounding it's a more still mind i never believed truly alara i seriously never believed ever that my mind could be still I thought that was insane and woo-woo and everyone who said that was crazy. And I suffered so badly with PTSD. I went to 14 different therapists and most of them told me that I could not be helped and I was totally screwed. My PTSD was so bad, I was having serious physical repercussions because of it. And I thought, it's either I, I'm gonna fix this or I'm gonna die. And I had a little child at the time. And I thought, I really have to keep trying. I'm going to keep looking. So people would say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And I'd say, okay, see ya. And I keep looking and keep looking. And finally, I was such at rock bottom. I told this guy, I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. I can't go on like this. Like, you don't understand. I'm, I literally cannot have feelings right now. Because if I have a feeling, the whole dam's going to break. And my body's gonna like burst into flames or something. Like, I can't handle this. I'm gonna lose my mind. And he said, Well, maybe you need medication. No, I don't need medication. I need help. I need somebody to show me how to manage this maze as I'm in it on my own. I don't know if I can help you, but I think I know a guy that can. And he calls this guy. And I go and I go to him and I said, I hope that you tell me that you're not going to give up on me because if you do, I don't know if I can go try to dig up some other therapists. <laughs> and he says, well, I promise I won't give up on you. Six months into therapy, he still hasn't given up, but he starts to cry one day. And I'm like, why are you crying? He says, because you haven't cried once. You haven't shown me an inch of emotion. And I looked at him and I said, I cry all day, every day. I don't need to cry in front of you. I need you to help me look at this maze and figure this out so that when I'm in it, that I have the tools. I need you to be objective with me. Bing, 
it was like a light went off and we got some work done. He finally looked at the maze outside of it with me instead of wanting me to walk into the maze with him. We stood up on the mountain, looked down in the maze. And these are the techniques I teach now. And he showed me different things and I modified them until they worked. I modified them until they worked. And one of them was to find those programs in your mind that run the show. Usually it's going to be this really controlling part of you and this really fearful part of you. And the controlling part can be a real B-I-C-T-H, seriously. They can be horrible. They can be really mean, ugly and controlling. And what are you doing? You are just a failure. You're not getting this. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough. Get yourself going. This part of you usually helped you survive some really awful stuff sometimes. And then there's the fearful part of you, the childlike self, the one that is really traumatized and hurting. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I am so scared. Some people are so overwhelmed by that and some people are so overwhelmed by this one. Either way, some, some of it's both. Either way, those aren't you. Those are your trauma. They have had to build up so deeply that they've become egoic structure in the mind so that they could help you survive a crazy corrupt world. If the world were perfect and nice, then we wouldn't have these two. And that's not what, what's happened. All of us have co-created this not so happy, nice world. And we're starting to realize that's why we call it the awakening that, hey, hang on a second. I actually have a lot more power than I thought I did. And you start here, <laughs> you start inside of you because that resonates out. So you say, thank you controlling self. I really appreciate you. You picked me up from my panties and bootstraps when I really needed you the most when I was homeless that one time or when I you know, was in that abusive relationship or whatever. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. You deserve to have a break now. You've been trying to control so many things you can't control and you keep trying and you keep trying. And I really appreciate you. And you bring them into your heart. You feel that. You feel them in your throat. You feel them in your body and your gut. Thank you. You belong here. You belong in me because you are the knowledge and wisdom of the trauma that got me a little bit of ego enough to get through some of these hard times. And then we find that scared part and we do the same. Hey, you deserve a break too. I'm the soul in charge. I'm here for you, I've got your back. Where can we go in the heart now where you can know that everything is actually gonna be okay. Nothing can hurt your soul. Let's go into the soul. Let's become one. Let's absorb all that knowledge and wisdom so fully into the body that when a challenge arises, there is no voice that tells you you're not good enough. And there is no voice 
that tells you that they're scared because you've embodied them so fully that you know in that moment exactly what to do. That's who you are. You are the oracle. You are the soul in charge. You can have a still mind. It takes that beautiful effort to take it and look at it and love it and not be afraid of it anymore. But to know that this got you to this point in time, there's nothing wrong with this stuff. It got you here now. Now it deserves to go home just like you. And you can have that consciousness and that still mind and it's possible. And if I could do it, then I know other people can do it. I've helped veterans do it. I've helped people in their 80s and 90s do it. I've helped children do it. I've helped people with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's do it. It's possible. And it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not miraculous until you do it and realize that your mind's a little more still that day. And you did that. I'm just here to empower. I only facilitate by giving the tools and showing people how to use it so they don't have to depend on me later. There's plenty of work to do. So there doesn't have to be any dependence. You are the oracle. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Absolutely, I love it. And you know, but the thing is sometimes when people are trying to work with their stuff, like, you know, I, I have control issues sometimes. I have the fear of stuff going on for sure, especially right now, but we tend to judge it right? So we tend to judge ourselves for being controlling, for being afraid, for making a mess of things, for whatever, right? We judge ourselves. And then, then we get caught up in the story and we can't, you know, bring up that energy to look at it because we're just, you know, going into a story, into judgment and like, you know, it's a spiral, right? Yeah. And I would name it as a spin. I love that you did that because that's exactly what it is. You end up in a spin. Yeah. It's dizzying, right? That you can't get your bearings. So story will uh, really lay out in detail the layers of trauma that your discernment is being run through that ends up as judgment. So let's define judgment. Judgment is your actual discernment, mm -hmm. the true oracle self, the one who knows the truth, running that discernment through layers of trauma and ego and on the outside, uh, the outcome of it is judgment. So what do we do to shift this outcome? You have to change that trajectory you need to know that the truth is already there, that the reason you co-created the mess was for incredible learning. If you know that and you keep reminding yourself of that as the soul in charge, you bow to the mind. Hey mind, we're here to learn. Yep, this turned into a giant disaster. Okay, let's take a look at this. What did it trigger in me? Well, it triggered this terrible memory I have from being a kid and this crazy thing happened and then I got beat or I got abused, I got hurt. That really hurts in my body. So there's one layer. Then it triggered this 
ongoing fight I have with my partner. Okay, that thing, that big, huge thing in the way, that trauma, that frustration. Okay, I see that too. The story is actually handy because it's laying out for you the triggers, literally, bag by bag. <laughs> so we can use the story. A lot of people throw the story out or they say, oh, you got caught in the story. Well, you started walking through the story. You just didn't have the tool to objectively look at the story properly to use it to your advantage. Because you have that ability to look at it objectively. We all do. The objective mind is a precious part of who you are. So you can objectify the story. And it's really good to be systematic about it at first. Be almost like a spiritual scientist and be like, okay, I'm totally getting this. Let's lay out this story step by step. Here's my vantage point of what happened. What are the exact triggers in my body that happened each point in time? You can use it. You can use linear time to your advantage in this case. So, you know, we don't toss out ego, ego or linear time in these methods. We use them. We use them. So we can say, all right, uh, well, I'll give myself as an example. Um, I, I kind of co-created a really weird situation where my husband was moving all of our stuff from our move into our house while I was gone on a three-day trip. It was very weird. Like, why would anyone do that? It was like weird timing and I didn't want to say no to the trip. So I took the trip and I'm glad I did. But when I got back, it was a disaster. <laughs> And I had all these expectations, ding, ding, ego. I had all these expectations about him unpacking and cleaning the rest of the house and all this stuff, right? And so I show up, the house is a disaster. The kids are completely ungrounded. They look like they're kind of insane. <laughs> it was like only three days, who knew? And I get angry. And I look at my husband, I'm like, what did you do while I was gone? And he, go, he goes, I knew you were going to do this, right? The story. I knew you were, he, we co-created this. I knew you were going to do this because he knew we co-created it. <laughs> and I said, okay, I get it. I understand. I'm angry because I had expectations. They were too much. It was not appropriate for me to have expectations. The one thing I asked you to accomplish was clean the floors and you didn't do that. So let's just kind of look at that. What did you accomplish in these three days that was important to you? Because that was, he had a set other set of priorities. It was so beautiful. He said, you know, Elizabeth, I dug out our first garden plot here in Ecuador. I really needed to be with the earth. I needed to get to know the earth here. And I felt like a total a-hole. <laughs> so it triggered me really deep. Wow, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> and so I went into that too and was like, you know what? That kind of counteracted my anger and now I feel more neutral, I'm here. Let me help, let's get organized. 
first let's get the kids grounded. So I rub my little four-year-old down with essential oils and get her from crying to laughing to asleep. Because <laughs> she hadn't slept the whole time. Totally ungrounded. And then I give my little Leo daughter, six-year-old, a bunch of love and attention and affection and she just gobbles it right up and she's fine. My husband and I, I look at him, I said, let's work together. We're here, I'm, I'm your team member again. We'll move on. And he's like, thank you. I'm, I'm ready to do that. We had our house completely clean and organized in a couple of hours. And it looked like a home and felt like a home. But that's the co-creative cycle. It could have turned into a giant, traumatic, horrible, awful mess of a fight. It could have remained a disaster and overflowed into several days of disaster. We were able to co-create something differently because we were willing to own our own feelings in that moment. Drew was willing to own his own frustration and not project it on me. I was willing to own my own anger and my expectations and really feel them fully and welcome them because they were there for me to learn from. And then we could really take that as a jumping point and move upwards and onwards. So we do co-create all of these things, but in the moment, in the heat of it, instead of it turning into a story of you always do this when you get back from trips, Elizabeth, you always expect way too much. Well, you never listen to me and do the things I tell you that you need to do. You don't ever blah, 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 right? That's the story. We can objectify it. He's watched me do it over and over now. He's picking up on how to do it and we do it well together now. And we just keep looking at it from above. Okay, I see the set of events that occurred here. There wasn't anything wrong with me taking this trip. There wasn't anything wrong with you guys like just doing what you have to do. The garden plot is beautiful. It's exactly what he needed. He needed to get grounded because he just uprooted 230 years of family lineage from Kentucky. No wonder he needed to dig in the dirt for three days, for God's sakes. But objectively looking at it then, the story becomes the exact thing we needed to learn in that moment about how to manage this and how for it not to happen in the future. So now we'll have that forever. And we've embodied that wisdom instead of judging ourselves. It would be a lot easier for me to beat myself up in that moment and remain feeling like a total horrible person projecting my anger on my husband who didn't deserve it. I, it could have easily turned into self-judgment, but that didn't have to happen because I could really rise up above it. And I call it actually the bird's eye view. It's a psychic technique. Literally, you just use your imagination and imagine looking above the situation and saying, what were the steps that led to this? How did each of those steps feel? I welcome those feelings. Let me feel them in my body. And as they do, they unfold, more light happens. And then this moment where my husband and I are like, we're a team and we did this together and we're going to finish it together. And it was beautiful. And sometimes our partner or the other co-creator is not in a well enough state to do that. Sometimes it's gonna be you to carry it through. But if you can remain objective and notice that and see what their feelings are as they might be in the story, 
Drew could have stayed in the story. He could have stayed mad at me for having the these too high expectations. And I still would be able to, and this is the practice, notice it and mirror it back. You know what, babe? That's right. I totally understand why you're frustrated at me. That makes sense. You, yeah, okay, you're right. I had two way high expectations. I can really see that. I can feel that, that's true. I can hear you. I hear that you're really mad at me right now that I didn't notice you did all the laundry for like five weeks. <laughs> Thank you. You're right, I didn't. You're right, I could be doing this a little bit better. I could word this better. We mirror it back. We don't have to have an opinion all the time about someone being in their story. We can actually just notice it and allow it. And then that person, watch what happens. They begin to be lighter and brighter because you just acknowledge them. You didn't have to put your opinion on it or an and or a but or a me or an I. You just simply listened to what they had to say and you mirrored it right back to them. It feels really awkward to do that, but it is a very powerful spiritual technique and a very powerful scientific communication technique. We mirror it directly back. I hear you. You're very frustrated that I didn't communicate to you about my new phone number. My son's daddy writes me this crazy email about how angry he is. You are right. I hear you. I haven't been communicating to you. And then when they're ready, there's gonna be a and even through email, there's like this, thank you for acknowledging me. That's when you can explain to them why you weren't able to do all of that or why you did what you did. And maybe they'll pick up on how to mirror it back to you. And then you'll feel heard too. But when someone can feel heard in that moment, that's amazing. You can do it to yourself. Can you mirror it back to your ego self who's judging you? I hear you. <laughs> This is my new friend. I hear you. I hear you. You're really frustrated at not knowing where the heck you are in the dimensions or the ascension process or whatever. You are so frustrated. You are in pain. Your partner is suffering. You're in pain. Your children aren't happy. You're in pain because your teenage son won't stop playing video games. I mean, seriously, real life here. <laughs> or the scared version of you. I hear you, you are terrified of the dark still and you're in your 40s. <laughs> I hear you, you're terrified that you're gonna get possessed. You're scared that the world's gonna end and everyone's gonna die. These, this is real. This is fear that is real. How would it feel for you to actually acknowledge those voices inside of you and bow to them and give them a chance to feel their true feelings fully and then to welcome them just as they are? How would it feel for them to feel heard so deeply that they become still? 
That's what you can do now. That's what's possible. That's you being the oracle. That's you being happy for no reason. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And that it also, it brings the power back to you, right? I mean, you know, it's very empowering. I was gonna say you're in control, but <laughs> forget about that word control, but it's very empowering, meaning, you know, you're dealing with the situation, right? You're looking at it, you're being objective, you're not judging, you're not going into the story per se, but you're looking at it and saying, okay, what is really going on here? And you're being present with it. That's the big thing, being present, not being in your head, not being in the future, not being in the past, but right here, right now, in your body, looking at it and working through it, right? Looking at it, working through it objectively without, without going into judgment. That's huge, yeah. right? And that takes practice. I'll be honest, it's gonna take practice. It's true that I'm still practicing, clearly. <laughs> um, but I wanna point something out about our words too. Yeah. Because some people, when you use the word empowerment, it took me forever to actually feel anything around it. Mm because I really didn't understand what that meant. Like people would say, I'm here to empower you. And I'm like, that's nice. I have no idea what you're talking about because I really haven't felt it. So I have no experience with it. But let's actually dig down into those words. The word power. Well, in mysticism, power is light. Mm -hmm. Light is power. So when someone is empowering you, they're showing you how to gain and retain more light. And that light merges with all the light of existence around you. It begins to merge more and more and more, and you don't feel separate from anything anymore. So empowerment is enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It's becoming more light. And light is consciousness. So light, power, and consciousness are like the holy trinity of, of mystical concepts. They're all the same. Light, power, and consciousness are the same. So if you simply say, well, I'm working on my consciousness, that's a perfectly valid concept. It's the same as saying I'm working on being more empowered, being sovereign. And it's also the same as saying, I'm working on being more enlightened. And, and that's so what we're doing all the time. That is really all we're all actually doing, right? That is, that's it. That is our, our um, how we're operating, how we're functioning. But it's, it's more than that. It's about, you know, recognizing that we are that light, right? That we are that consciousness. We are that power. And, you know, I love how you're saying that the, the more light we are, which is like, you know, there's less separation between us and everything else and source. Everything is source, you know, but I'm just, I'm still separating it just because of linear thinking, right? Yeah. But, right. But there is like the more light we are, the more, like you said, we merge into source, consciousness, etc. And that's what we're all trying to do, whether we know it or not. Right. Yes. Whether yes. we know it or not, that is what we're all doing. And the thing is, it's like some days, you know, it's a lot easier, <laughs> you know, I have no problem. Other days, like a little bit more challenging, right? But one of the things that you mentioned right now about, you know, those wonderful negative thoughts or fearful thoughts or, um, you know, I, 
I have had in the past <laughs> um, a lot of fearful thoughts, a lot of negative thoughts, not a, a lot of you know um, suicidal thoughts, you know, etc. And so for me, it's like I don't want to engage in that because for me in the past it had been because of entities and really powerful, you know, scary, you know, crazy entities, you know. So for me, you know, when I start to have those thoughts, it's like oh. Now and now it's like, okay, hold on. Okay, let's let's clear this up. You know, let's get rid of this because I know that that's become a pattern, right? For me, right? So I so I don't want to engage in that per se because I I know if I do, what can happen? What's happened in the past? Mm -hmm. Make sense? So sure right. So for me, it's like I already have the awareness of okay. When this starts to happen, it's like you know, it's like wake up, hold on, get present is this an entity it, like it, what do we do here you know like can we take care of it can we get rid of it whatever you know kind of thing but for somebody else who doesn't have that that kind of stuff going on it's like yeah look at it observe it you know really be present with it and you you will find the triggers you will find the story and you will find the reason why you're having those types of thoughts or feelings or emotions right you will but you have to be willing to go there and well, I I'd like to take us right into the entities discussion. Yay! <laughs> it's actually part of, ironically, the package that I want to give people uh, some live classes um, that I don't usually offer in packages very often. Mm -hmm. So one of them is about empaths and entities. And specifically, those two side by side, because I have so many beautiful so many of you are empaths and especially collective empaths it, just like being a seer it can feel like constant torture and so entities are attracted to that pattern inside of us they know exactly what strings to pull mm -hmm. because we're like giant candy machines and that frequency pattern they know it's there so they go hook into it because they know they can twist it and have you have that consistent, you should just kill yourself mm -hmm. energy, right? We're falsely taught that by putting our attention on something, it grows. That's not what happens. When you put your attention on something, it ultimately gives it more substance so that you can make a decision about whether to amplify or dissolve the thing you have your attention on. Right. So if we apply that to this, I want to train all of you how to manage entities faster than you could ever imagine. Because I've been dealing with these my entire life. When I was a little kid, they used to, demons would, attack me, they would beat me up in bed. Throughout my whole life, I suffered with this. For a period of time, I fancied myself a demon hunter. And there was a moment where I was doing a session with a woman who had been tortured so brutally by this one particular demonic entity. And when I entered into the seeing, the reading with her, I had a whole I had a whole battalion at my back. I was ready to cut this guy's head off. 
like I had done so many times before. And for the first time, I felt fear from a demon. And this woman, she says to me, I start laughing because I think it's funny. And she says to me, Elizabeth, do we have to kill it? Isn't there something else we can do? Wow, well, that showed me a whole lot about myself in that moment. And I put my sword down and I said, I understand now. We're here to have mercy. And I said, is that what you want? To give him love and mercy? And she said, yes, I do. I want that with my whole heart. And so we did. We sat and we emanated pure love and mercy. And we radiated it. It dissolved everything. It dissolved the war. It dissolved our fear. It dissolved the separation between us and all these beings who do actually exist. And this being changed before our eyes. It became an angel. They're all the same species. And I said to him, why? And he said, because I never knew that was possible. I thought this war would never end, that this was the way it was supposed to be. And I didn't know that humans could do that, could love so fully and completely with such mercy. I am transformed in this light. And I asked him, because I knew he had other people he had enslaved. I said, how many people did you just set free? And he said, 10,000 people. That's like a town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is the story I tell because it's a true story. When I stopped, when I stopped fighting, and every once in a while, I'll go to like a bar or something, right? And all the possessed people make a beeline straight for me every time my sister laughs about it. She's like, oh, great. Who's the next possessed person that's going to show up? And, and I love it, actually, because there's nothing more to do than to be in pure, pure love. There's nothing there to consume for beings who are searching for something dense to eat. And that's all they do. They don't hate you. Mm -hmm. They don't have feelings like that. So there's, this happens with humans, too. For example, I've had people who were considered terrible, evil people of their own volition. They often are attracted to energy like me because they know they won't get judged. They, their soul knows it. And they'll reveal to me all the horrible things they've done. Wondering if there's going to be a moment where my face twinges or where I feel a slight amount of judgment. Wondering if there's a possibility that there could be somebody out there who wouldn't judge them. And when that doesn't happen, they finally feel that there's a doorway, a chance for them to go through and be elevated to something else other than the thing that always gets hated every single day 
the self-hatred that cultivates and creates more chaos in their life and more evil and more darkness. In that moment, they get heard and seen without judgment and they know it's possible. And then they can actually move forward. Then there's people who have addictions. They show up and they say, they expect to be judged. Well, when did this start? Why did you decide to take drugs? When that's not what I begin to say to them, when rather I tell them that the beautiful communions of the earth have been taken out of context and totally used by structures that know how powerful they are in order to absorb their particular energies from them, that that tobacco they feel addicted to actually does open them up to source and that it's taken out of the context of ritual. Jesus made water into wine at a wedding. Tobacco was originally used in shamanic healings. Marijuana, ephedra, and opium were used to write the ancient Sanskrit texts in ritual. When all these things are taken out of context and used by structures that have a lot of power over, that's what causes addiction. Not the plant itself, but the feeling that you get that one little connection I asked a young woman who was addicted to cocaine, what does cocaine do for you? It makes me feel connected for a little bit. And I said, that's real. What's not real is the structure that uses you and abuses you around that. Instead, it needs to be replaced by a very proper, more pure, more safe ritual. It needs to be replaced by the shamanic, spiritual, emotional, mental training that can give you that connective sense permanently. Ding! She really believed after a half hour that she could get out of that addiction because she was given the truth about what was really going on. What's really going on when we have entities attached to us all the time or we are driven crazy by the maddening bombardment of human hatred, you should just die, all humans are a scourge on the earth? Familiar? <laughs> that is going to cause more and more and more possession, oppression, etc. It picks up on what's inside of you when it feels so horrible and you're afraid to look at it because it feels so horrible. No, I don't want to think about killing myself. Stop, stop, stop. I got to work. I got to function. I got to cook dinner. Stop. Do the opposite. Go into it. How does it feel really to want to kill yourself in that moment? Notice it. Notice what part of yourself gets triggered. Is it the fear part? Is it the control part? Is it both? Love them. Let them have a voice. Hear them. Well, I want to kill myself because I'm so scared. And I think that maybe, maybe it's right that humans are a scourge on the earth. I'm terrified that that's true. I want to kill myself because this is unbearable. I can't have any control over my life. I can't handle it anymore. 
This is too much. It's too much. I hear you. It's too much. It's unbearable. It's painful. You're afraid that this might be real and true. I welcome you in my body now. I welcome this. And then take a big deep breath. And there's gonna be that little window of stillness that happens in the body. That's the truth. That's the true you. And that little light peeks out. You only need a little match to light up a huge cave. You really do, go try it sometime. A little tiny match and it lights everything up. And then you can look around you. Do you feel like there's any entities around you? Maybe they're on your blind spot. They, this is my blind spot. They, they attach themselves here. If they're there, just notice them. There's nothing to be afraid of. And you beam some serious light and mercy at them. You know what? There's only love here. There's no food for you. There's only mercy and love. If that's what you want, that's what the angels want. <laughs> And they're part of you too. Don't need to hold the angels separate either. That whole war can be ended inside of you. You have that chance and opportunity to do it at any time. It's possible. So that's what I perceive, Alara, about these things. And I want to help step by step by addressing the empath piece and especially the empath entity piece. Because empaths just get gobbled up by this stuff mm -hmm. we can totally <laughs> finalize it yeah yeah awesome yeah. i'm so glad we talked about this I'm so, you know that this came up and that we're talking about it so you know because we're talking about the special offer we might as well talk about it um for, <laughs> for those of you who are on the live page you can just click on special offer those of you who are not you can go to alara.at forward slash show forward slash elizabeth 12 so in this offer today, there's two live classes, five instant classes, plus the one year subscription for monthly calls. Um, I'm gonna put the link in the chat as well here. So, so there's, two, there's two live classes. We talked about the empaths and entities training class, the body oracle, you already know. So we touched on what that is today on this call but you're gonna go deeper into that in that three hour live class, finding answers inside yourself. Yeah, and so the body oracle is actually a technique that's taken me about 20 years to finalize it and complete it. At, at first it was 10 years of anthropological theory work and a very successful anthropological theory body of work. Then it turned into 10 years of mysticism training. And these two things got combined into a singular technique about how to attain a sense of consistent discernment in your life. Discernment being the opposite of judgment. So if you wanna discern your true self in each moment, if you wanna discern your relationships, if you want to discern the human stuff and the mysticism stuff, this is a technique that can be used by anybody pretty systematically in order to begin to trust that you can 
have the discernment you need. That's why I call it the body oracle technique because it has to do with the body, the human part, the cultural part, and of course, the truth of your deep soul level knowing. When you move the trauma and the ego out of the way, you become the perfect mirror of source, the oracle. And then the next class, you know, that empaths entities training, I'm going to be talking about types of empaths, how they can really attain that superpower instead of it being a to constant torture, which I relate, being a seer. It's a similar kind of feeling when you've got 12 dimensions of things going on all the time. How can you cope? Well, we can live a lot better than just cope. We can thrive. We can turn this into a superpower. So let's do it. And then I want to show you how to handle the entities issue, especially when it's happening to people you care about around you or clients, because it might be happening to you and that'll be relevant. But what about the people around you too? That's that often can be equally as painful. <laughs> then there's the five instant classes. There's quantum healing for infectious disease. I do quantum healing and I'm working on a book on from beginning to advanced to mastery to turning it into your own business. I want to complete step by step because we need lots of healers out there to begin to do quantum healing. A lot of them have lost their livelihoods. They can't touch people anymore. <laughs> so there is that body of work and this is a good place to start is how to understand infectious disease from a quantum healer's perspective. And so that can be really handy for all of us. It doesn't matter if you're doing healing work or not, if you just want to learn about it for yourself and your family. This is a completely unique concept on infectious disease. And it's going to give you a boost up to know, wow, there's so much more about this than I ever imagined. Mm -hmm. And then there's these five classes, I call them multidimensional mastery. One of them is the playground of time. If you're really done with this whole leaking your energy into the future and the past thing, I have a whole class for you. <laughs> Not only is it a class about how to stay in the moment, but it's also about this whole other axis. Usually we can think of the X, Y axis, right, in algebra. Well, there's this other axis. Usually, you know, with time, it's forward or backwards in linear time. When you hang out in the moment, there's this other way to look at time, zooming in and out of reality. And I want to train you to do that, but I also train you on how to help your family and friends be more present so they're not driving you crazy about talking about their exes and all the past and all the future and all of that. Because eventually when you drop the whole past and future worry piece, you'll notice immediately when everyone's leaking their energy. And then it's like, well, then now what? So I want to help you with that part too, because it's very real. <laughs> and then there's the equations of enlightenment. I love to look at patterns. It's one of my talents as a theorist. And I like to see patterns in consciousness. So I watched very carefully to follow and notice the trajectories of people who attained these higher states of consciousness. 
that we might call enlightenment or other things like that. Mm -hmm. And I found that there were three very specific ways of looking at that process that are equations. And if you know a step-by-step -step like A plus B equals C, well, dang, that's way more easy to apply than say, read the Ramakrishna and then absorb it. <laughs> it's for me as a scientific mind and a more mental person, I need an equation. <laughs> And I think that this can be helpful. Then there's the soul skill sets class. It's all about all these different soul skill sets I've seen. Uh, about up to this point, I've done probably about 8,000 individual sessions. So I've worked with a good body of people and noticing what skill sets have shown up in humanity. What does the soul bring to the table that's beyond what your personal individual Elizabeth or Alara or whomever experience is. There's these soul skill sets that actually define a lot more about your trajectory. So for example, I'm a healer, I'm a warrior, and I'm a seer. And those three worked really nicely to get me into the moment now where I'm at. But that doesn't mean I don't have access to other skill sets. It just means that I hung out in the library of consciousness more reading those books for a good reason, but the whole library is open. And I added a bonus class on how do you know which one is yours? Cause I list off all these different ones and they all sound so nice. Why can't I have them all? Well, well, how do you know what you have first? So you don't have to reread any books. <laughs> And then you can say, well, I'd like to dabble in alchemy now. I've had my time doing warrior stuff. I'd like to do, do some alchemy. I'd like to learn about that. Mm -hmm. And that can really give you a lot more exciting, beautiful work to connect with. Then there's full body discernment class, which is different than the body oracle. It's a very quick, fast way to say, should I be here right now? Should I take this job offer? Is this the right person for me to date? The very human level questions that were like, I don't have time to do a whole body oracle thing about my whole life trajectory or whatever. I really need a real quick way to discern is, is this a yes or a no? How do I know? Well, I wanna show you how the body talks to you. So that class is about how the body talks to you exactly. And it can really go nicely to support the body oracle technique. And so that's the full package. And of course, if you like to play with the package, you get added to the email list. And I do a free monthly call at the end of the month so that we can start bringing the personal to the universal, talking about the matters of the moment. And then we build a pillar of light as a gift to the world. The next one will be Madagascar. Everyone is they've run out of water and people are dying. So it's time to give back. And that's how we give back as a community. We build pillars of light with our mind, heart, and our gut, with our bodies and our spirits as transmitters of prayer and, and transmitters of hope. And we did one in Yemen. We'll, we just do one wherever the big, huge uh, news that drops into my field it's like a bomb and it's uh, the the earth says I, we need help here today i learned about what's happening in madagascar and so that's what we'll do at the end of the month 
is build a pillar of light there. And I'm always open to ideas. So that's packaged in its entirety. Awesome. Thank you. So all of that is available at alara.at forward slash show forward slash Elizabeth 12. Um, so please do take a look at that. There are two payment plan options available, of course. But you know, the live classes I know are going to be in December, right? They're both in December. So they are going to be coming up soon. I'm not even sure exactly when. I have it written down on the page. But the those sorry. The 12th is the body oracle class, and the 18th is the empaths and entities class. Awesome. And so if so, please, you know. Take a look at the package, buy the packages if you want to be in the class live. If you're not there live, you will get the replay and access to the recording. So not to worry, right? If you if you can't join live, because sometimes, you know, stuff's going on and you can't make it. But these are going to be really helpful, beneficial classes, the live ones. And of course, the instant classes are always available. Lots of information, lots of training, lots of skills for you to learn to help yourself and help your family, friends, and and clients as well, right? So please do take a look at that. And um, it's always so much, you know, Elizabeth goes above and beyond. So she gives more and more and more and more. So there's always so much to receive from Elizabeth. So please do take advantage of that. Okay, so Elizabeth, what else did you want to do today? Did you, did you want to take any questions? Yeah, let's take, a, let's take a couple questions. Okay, so if you do have a question for Elizabeth, um, about what we were talking about, the body oracle, the empaths and entity stuff, or the package or whatever else is coming up, you can raise your hand or you can write uh, your question in the chat. I know there was a question. Oh, let me find it. Hold on one second. From Iona, how to embody the shadow and learn the message from it? Right, so let's kind of, um... Make sure we have the right, let's have the uh, right uh, approach to this, right? So everything in this universe is made of light. Even the darkest lead heart of shadow and darkness is still, when you drill down into it, made of light. So you never are really embodying shadow, but you've got to get down into the heart of things. You need to know exactly what that shadow is made of and to notice how the shadow triggers you. Triggers are treasure. Trauma is treasure. It's showing you what you need to learn. The most powerful people create the most effed up lives. <laughs> they, they create these... I know this for a fact because every time I do a session with somebody and they're like an SRA victim or, you know, they've gone through hell, literally. They've been maybe an incest or rape victim, incredible victimhood, incredible trauma. I always say, my God, you must be so powerful. Wow, let's get you into that position. Let's dig in. How does it really feel to be this victim? And you gotta dig in. And as you dig in, you feel it, you know it, you get to know it. What, do you, what happens when you know something fully? It doesn't have power over you anymore. Mm -hmm. That's the process. We don't embody shadow. 
we go deep into the shadow and we know it so well that it reveals the truth. The light is in you and it's being drawn out and it enlightens the shadow so you know exactly why it happened. And then it becomes a moment of true love, unconditional love, unconditional. That's a really hard one for us to mentally wrap our heads around because there's things that like right now I could say I hate, like I really hate poison ivy and mosquitoes. And I deeply dislike people who steal things yet all of these things are really important. They are made of light ultimately, the whole universe is. So that's the job. We go in, we go in and we find it in us. We find it, it's mirroring it back to us. The density within us, that trauma that's being held and we go in and we feel it fully all the way. Whole full body samadhi, I call it. Full body samadhi. Samadhi is high states of consciousness full body, high states of consciousness. That's the job. That's what we do. That's mysticism. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, you're right. Even that shadow, it's still light. You know, it's all light. Everything is light. So it is about embracing that light, really going deep into it, you know, and really seeing what it's all about. Instead of the surface, you have to go deeper, deeper, deeper. Yeah. Exactly. No mosquitoes, no chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, the sun, our heart in the sun. I'm not even sure what the name is supposed to be, but do you want to unmute yourself? Hi, ah, <laughs> it's Caroline. <laughs> Caroline. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. I, I know you're unmuted, but we can't hear you. Talk louder or something. <laughs> Might be the mic isn't connected yeah. or something. Oh, shucks. There you there go. You um, can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Talk, talk a little bit louder, though. Okay. Yeah. It was my Bluetooth. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So let me put this up. I have no questions. I just want to say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Alara. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you, Elizabeth. It's because of sisters like you that this galactic empath who's gone through freaking hell has made it in the past few years and has survived a few, you know. Yep. Um, you look amazing, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You do. You look amazing. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Love you too, Caroline. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, all right, Pat. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, Pat, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say how much I love all of you too. Yes, Elizabeth, you're just profound. I just like walking through everything you're saying in the past, in the present. But I'm having strange physical issues where two days ago I was fine. You know, I'm hanging in there, even though I'm off balance, lightheaded, you know, I, I handle it well. Yeah. And I got up off my chair and all of a sudden I had this pain in my left leg. And it was shocking. And it seemed to be in my upper thigh. So it's better. I'm taking some meds for it, but it's better. But I, I'm asking, am I relieving, releasing 
or affected by the energy coming into my body to release deep issues, I guess. Yeah, so let me show you what I see real quick and see if you can take this and, and um, really open it up for yourself. Good, good. The, the left side of the body mm -hmm. denotes the relationship with the spiritual. Okay. The right side denotes the relationship with the physical. Uh-huh. So let me give you an example. In my body, I've had like various tumors and weird stuff that have happened, and it was all on the left side. Okay. Because I have had such a difficult time being a seer and struggled really deeply with coming to terms with that gift. So a lot of my self-hatred around being different would show up as these tumors throughout my left side, right? Or on the right side, I have a lot of pain and I'll dislocate my right hip. I'll dislocate my right shoulder quite often. And that's not feeling like I'm stable in the physical, like I can meet my own needs, right? Okay. So I want, I want you to hang out with that in your thigh. And here's a technique. We're going to zoom in, right? And so you can do this on your own time, but go in and actually make yourself very small. Okay. And go, and go sit in the pain as if you're like really tiny, like the size of a quarter. Okay. Go sit in the pain and be like, what do I need to see here right now? Don't try to control it. Okay. And say, what do I need to see? And what do I need to feel here right now? And you're going to perhaps see any myriad of things and you perhaps will feel any myriad of things they might surprise you don't have any expectations when you go on in there you you might not know what you you don't want to resist what might be there okay and then notice if it's any sort of energy or if it's tight or if it's a frozen traumatized version of you that's had spiritual effects happen notice that and also notice that it's in that left thigh it's emanating from the power center of the feminine which is the root mm -hmm. it's telling you a little bit about your stability in the spiritual world so it gives you a clue of you what you just said is it the energy is it the energy that's moving through me am i is that a is that too much or that's giving you a hint already your question about what's happening okay so you'll just make yourself small and notice it and then when you are reconciling it and you welcome it right that's the next step you welcome it hey this is really okay all this whatever it is that you see you open yourself up you allow it and then you say it again what else is there for me to see here and feel here and you keep doing it and doing that emotional mental process okay. so that you can fully understand what's occurring part of it also may be as a feminine embodiment that you are being asked to be very very still in spiritual energy to act as an empath conduit and a transmitter of more pure consciousness and if you're not being still enough, if you're not meditating enough, your body's going to give you a hint. My teacher, she's 71 and she fell and really hurt herself. She almost broke something and she's like, it happened on my left side and I know I must be still. So I'm gonna meditate more. 
And she knew what the message was because she's clear enough to receive it right away. And none, most people, you know, need some practice with that. And that's okay. And that's what we're here to do now. You and I just co-created this conversation so you could get the message that you needed and the technique to help you with any further physical pain from here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm so grateful. So grateful. Thank you, Alora. Thank yeah, you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked, Pat. That was great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. So, because Pat asked, I'm going to ask a really quick question. So, <laughs> so you know, for for my husband, you know, so he yeah. had a he had a stroke in the left hemisphere of his brain, which has affected his right side, right? His right side is weak. Um, he also had stuff in the front cerebellum, the right hemisphere of the brain, the back, uh, the brainstem, um, and he's being challenged with extreme hypertension. So, you know, I'm, uh, you know, working with him energetically. Um, he's not able to, he's not coherent right now. Mm. He cannot really talk. Okay. No, one word, two words, that's about it. Yeah. And he can't move his whole right side, right? No. Yeah. And he's been in the hospital for two weeks and they still don't know what's going on. And I can't visit. And you can't visit. Oh, what a torture. That's even worse. Yeah. There, so there's two things, and they're his, of course, but I want you to allow them in your field and let them unfold. Mm -hmm. He's tired, and he is tired of working so hard. And this is a cry from the divine masculine being tired of working so hard, the patriarchy oppressed men just as much as it did women. Mm -hmm. It's very, very difficult for us to talk about that honestly. But the patriarchy, while it was a class of men, a very specific group, a class of men, the rest of men were used as cannon fodder. They were used as laborers, to make the deep, dark, industrial, military complex function. That's written in him. He can't clear it mentally, so he's being asked to clear it physically. He couldn't clear it mentally, it was too much. It's too much because most men are forced to function as yeah. a mind only. Yeah and not use which is their true power center so right now the good news is he's healing he's healing there's more moving from him he's he if he tries to sit there and talk about it he'll be forced into his mind mm -hmm. he's actually in his heart right now part of it's that he misses you and his family but it's also that he's starting to feel the feelings he needs to feel through this. He's processing this. 
and it is healing and your, your healing is helping him. It's layers and layers every day moving out. Mm -hmm. And these are not things that can be explained by medical science easily, but the spiritual perspective is be still, Alara. Be still. If you can be still with him and just connect soul to soul and draw his soul through his heart, that's all you need to do. Don't try to fix anything. Just be still. Find your own stillness with this trauma that's happening to you too. This is trauma on you as well and your whole family. Yeah. Be still. Be as still as you can and you will be a bridge for him to move through this as he can heal. He's healing. He's getting better every day, a little bit more. His brain is rewiring. His body is working on this. The hypertension is a clue of the cannon fodder, divine masculine cry in agony, the existential starvation that the masculine has been going through. Mm -hmm. And it's finalizing in this event it's finally hit him like a brick wall. Like all of us are getting all of our crap hitting us like a big brick wall right now. All of us, all of us, no one's escaping the divine blinding clarity happening right now about our stuff. And, but the beauty of it is you too, Elara, are processing this for the divine feminine, the divine feminine who's wanted to help the masculine for so long and they haven't been able to until now being still and the divine masculine processing what has happened to the men for so long, the starvation that they've had, the disconnect, the fear, the anger, the inability to truly be the incredible light that is the divine masculine. What's blocked them has been physical, mostly in nature. So that's what I perceive and I'm, would love to also, you know, walk you through more of this. If you want to connect with me, let's do a session, okay? Because this is for everyone. And you could, we could do a session, you and I, privately, and you could share it if you like, or it's for all, all of our processes are for the entirety of human consciousness. That's why I've been really vulnerable and personal today. Mm -hmm. I tend to be general, but you're doing everything you can and now it's the call to stillness yeah not not the call to arms not the call to fix not the call to save him there's nothing there's nothing i can do other than be still and surrender you know and just trust in the divine and you know that so. opens that opens heavenly gates and i've already that, i've already surrendered it's like whatever will be whatever he chooses i'll be fine with Every I, moment, know, yes. yeah. So it's like whatever. I just don't want him to suffer. That's that's always my big thing. I don't want him to suffer. I don't want him to suffer. But if he chooses that, then that's that's his choice, right? That's also been really tragic for me too. I've worked with veterans for so long. I I can't stand seeing the divine masculine suffer. I can't stand anyone suffering, but that incredible moment where we can finally say this suffering is incredibly important. It's full of learning. There's something happening here that is so far beyond him yeah. and beyond all of us. That's what we're surrendering to the universal with him. 
what he's doing right now for the divine masculine. Yeah. And Thank you. I know he's not out of the woods. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Layers moving off of him, realizations that are happening beyond what he can speak. Yeah. And that's really precious for him to feel these feelings. Yeah, that vulnerability has given him a chance to find his heart more than any other moment now. Yay, I've always been telling for years, my love, go to your heart, go to your heart, focus on your heart space, you know, just be in your oh, heart. He's listening to you. <laughs> he remembers what you said. Get out of he your head, I, and I would keep telling him. Yeah, now <laughs> yeah. he's got no choice. He has no choice. Yeah. No, but you know what? He hear he heard you. He did hear you, and he's doing it. Yeah. I, I see it like waves of light coming out of his body. He can feel you looking at him. He can feel everything now. It's exactly what you always wanted for him. It, it's it's like incredibly difficult for us to imagine that this is how it had to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. But yes, thank you. I will definitely. I'll connect with you and we'll get together. But thank you for this. Yeah, I've got awesome. you back. And I've got, I know there's a lot more questions and I wish I could stay a lot. I wish I could stay, um, but I'm going to have to go. And I really love answering questions, but I'm here for everyone. I'm still doing sessions. Just email me. We'll work things out. If you can't, uh, listen, if you can't afford it, just let's talk. We can do payment plans. I can work with you. We can do trades. There's so much we can do. Please don't feel like you can't get help from me. I'm here for you. If you need something and you have questions that need to be answered, there's lots of ways for us to work it out. I told my husband I was taking December off. And then we got here and I said, I can't. I can't take it off because I can see so clearly all the people, mm -hmm. they need my gift right now. They need me. I'm, uh, it's okay. I'll take January. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get through December. It's crunch time. Yeah. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Let's work it out. And the classes, a lot of them are sometimes exactly what you need. So see if that resonates. Whatever. I'm here. Yeah, and even with the classes, you know, they, there are uh, payment plans available. So, you know, take advantage of that. But, you know, yeah, you know, Randy says we went deep today in real, totally real, you know, it's like the information that Elizabeth shared, the processes, the tools, you know, they work. You have to use them. So please do use them. Um, you know, thank you, Elizabeth. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to bring it up, but you know, Pat brought oh, it up. So then it's like, okay, I might as well ask too. <laughs> I love you. And I, I'm glad that you're always vulnerable too. And your journey has helped everyone here so much. And I know all of us are just loving, loving, lifting you, your husband, your family up, and we won't stop. I have something to say before we're done here, Elizabeth, all of us together. Hi, Caroline, again, just on a different um, mm -hmm. Go ahead, Caroline. Um, since we're all here, breathing together is so powerful, right? So if I may suggest that we just take a, all a breath together now and we send 
Alara first uh, on a breath after a second breath out, all of not all, but a lot of love just to her heart for her healing so she can be strong for her hubby and then another breath together for her hubby. It's always for the highest good. But when we two or more gather, we know how powerful this is. So can we do this now? Yeah, yes? so okay. I'll help guide that too. So you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, drop go ahead right into it, Caroline. Perfect. So this is our practice. We're putting our attention on Alara first with the first breath and we're asking for the dissolving of any blocks to her stillness. We're asking for the amplification of her light. So we use that attention to make those decisions. So with the amplification of Alara's light, which is source and the dissolving of any blocks to stillness. We ask for that now with our attention on Alara with a deep breath. And now we put our attention on her husband. What's his name? Robert. Robert. So we are putting our attention on Robert. We're asking. Alara, Alara you receive, my sweet. Just yeah. sit and receive. Just receive, my beauty. Yes, it's hard to yeah. receive sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You're a giver. <laughs> and we put our attention on Robert and we ask for anything to be dissolved for his deepest stillness that would be blocking his stillness, any amplification of his light and his learning now. And all of this to reach out to the divine feminine and masculine that needs this and this light. We can take that deep breath now with that intention for Robert. Good. And we co-created this together for this moment, Caroline and all of you here, myself, Alara, it is deep. It's exactly what we need right now. Vulnerable, deep, real. This is evolution happening before our eyes. Thank you. <clears throat> wow. Thank you, Thank you yeah. Caroline. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Um, this was awesome. So I'm always like so grateful for unexpected blessings and unexpected unexpected love and gifts. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It's you we know it's it's a lesson in receiving for me too. This this whole process. Yes, <laughs> yes. it is. It's so challenging. I relate. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, you're not used to it, but I've gotten better at it, you know, asking and receiving. And it's like, yes, 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 yes. Because all I'm, like I, I, I say in other, other calls, I've said all this love and kindness and has been, you know, this source in action, divine in action, showing me how supported we all are, how loved we all are and how worthy we all are. And, you know, maybe we, maybe my husband and I co-created this so that we could all see how, truly worthy and supported we are, you know, so, and loved, um, and how the divine is always present in our lives as us and as in everything else, you know, there's no separation. And that's the thing I was, when you're talking about that, there is no separation. So it's like, it's beautiful. It's so absolutely beautiful. It's perfect. And whatever will be, will be. And, and 
I'm okay with that <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I hear you and, and you have up leveled in this tragedy to ignite it more than ever before. You're more clear than you've ever been. And thank you for being our friend. We've, we've all needed you during this journey and now you need us and we're here for you. Don't make me cry, but thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, everyone. So, you know, uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Please go back and watch and listen again. It's on Facebook as well. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on the podcast and in the replay email uh, in a little bit. But go back and watch again because there's so many nuggets of wisdom, so many, you know, and it was all so real, you know, like Elizabeth really brought real stories, real examples, you know, from her life, you know, like true, real. This is not about just something airy-fairy. This is happening in life, you know, and the, and the tools and processes that you can use to help you as well. So thank you, Elizabeth, for being vulnerable, for sharing your stories and your love and your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So appreciate it. My pleasure. I love all of you. And thank, thank you, you, everybody, for your questions, comments, you know, feedback, your love and support. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Sending you all much love and blessings always. Bye for now. Namaste. Bye everyone. Bye-bye.